anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me on another lovely Tuesday afternoon, at least around these parts. For me, can't speak for the Midwest. But Justin Hill, Billy Boy Campbell can. What's up, man? It's actually pretty nice today. Got a little sunshine. It's a little bit windy for my liking, but it's uh, not terrible to mild temperatures and at least no rain today so i'll take it yeah we got a little rain rain around here last week but just hot just like 100 degrees today <laughs> we've been Jock's having a little like... bit of a having a little bit of a cold spell it's been getting down in the 40s at night and only in the like upper 50s low 60s during the day i mean it's not bad at it's like fall type of weather, which is my favorite type of weather. But, you know, for May, it's uh, not what you're expecting. Yeah, May, you want to start seeing them turning the corner, getting into those 70s. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I remember playing softball in Chicago in May, and it was like fucking, yeah, 39 degrees and raining. It's like awesome. It's probably because of all the coal plants we've got around here that's causing us to experience some sort of a cooling pattern. Or it's it's got to be it's got to be coal driven environmental disaster that that we're experiencing. Yes, uh, obviously. And if you know, we would just surrender a little more control over to the government, they'd be able to fix all of this stuff for you. Oh, the utopia we would be living in. If you just give a little bit more of your tax dollars to Joe Biden and company, you got a great plan for everything, that Green New Deal. Just, just amazing how well thought thought out that is and how uh, forward looking and progressive. And but, you know, uh, Joe Biden announced that he's going to run in 2024. So, uh, you know, if everything goes according to plan. He'll get in there again, and he'll actually fix everything that he's been talking about fixing. <laughs> Did you listen to his uh, his speech? I know we talked a little bit about it on the, the last uh, live podcast, but did you listen to his speech that he gave after announcing? No. It, it was pretty goddamn hilarious because it sounded as if he was running for the first time. Like there was somebody else in office, and he's like going to fix all these things. It was like, dude, how do you like you are the guy, you're the president. I, I still can't have a hard time believing that. But it's just like you've been in there for a couple of years. Why haven't you why haven't you done all this stuff? You know, why haven't you rebuilt the middle class yet? 
you think whichever version of Biden this is that they had given that speech only knew the 2020 campaign speeches? And so like at the announcement, they're like, this guy hasn't learned any of the new speeches. He doesn't know what to say. Just roll with the 2020 speeches. It'll be all right. Nobody will notice. Yeah, nobody probably did notice either. I, I don't think anybody really listens to anything he has to say. <laughs> oh, man. I do still find it hilarious how all of the uh, like the videos from the White House and any Joe Biden speeches that get posted on, on YouTube, the the they tried to disable it and then they brought it back but the uh the down the down vote just gets absolutely crushed on all of those like they they go like at least two or if not three to one down votes to up votes on all of his videos on youtube it's hilarious <laughs> yeah oh god and i i remember when they got rid of that they took it away from uh, Netflix too after Amy Schumer's fucking disastrous uh, stand-up comedy special. Yeah, we can't have any negative feedback. Everybody's just gonna get, gotta get the thumbs up or or nothing. Yeah, unless of course it's Donald Trump, and then then you can criticize. Do you think that maybe they brought the thumbs down back because there were things of Trump? on youtube that people wanted to downvote and they weren't being allowed to so it's like you got to bring it back we need to downvote him <laughs> dude i don't know what the hell is going on at youtube other than they won't let me back on i guarantee you there were no like conservatives who were like clamoring for the downvote to be brought back and it's like like whenever they took it away it's like eh, now i just don't have a reason to watch the video at all like it, it didn't didn't change anything nobody nobody's bitching about that but it's the the uh the woke tards they're the ones that are gonna scream no we need to be able to downvote you we need you to know how much we hate you yeah well they, they maybe they should put in a thing where it's like you have to watch the whole video before you can vote on it that would be pretty interesting i'm sure they could do that right like as soon after you finish the video and you can't fast forward it's um, like those training videos that you have to, that you have to do at work and stuff. Like, yeah, oh god, you have to watch things. it all the way to the end before you can hit next. So, what I do is I put it on two X and then turn the volume off and then check back a little bit later and, and then hit next. Yeah, I used to do that a lot too, but then a fucking HR department came out with this thing where you have to click through it. And if you click through it, if you finish too fast, they're like, you didn't, you know, you didn't take your time. Even if you get all like the retarded questions at the end of it correctly, they're like, no, it should take you 45 minutes. And so I would just, yeah, I'd like pull it up. I'd do work for like 10 minutes and then I would click through like three of the things and go back to doing actual work. But yeah, that was fucking brutal, man. When they force you to click through each page. Man, I'm glad they don't time us on how long it takes us to do them at my job because Half the time, it'll take me a week and a half to actually do the training course because I pull it up in the background and I'll let the video play and then I just click next and work my way through it. But half the time I forget and I don't remember that I had a training yeah. thing going for like another day or so. And then I go back and do the next yeah. thing. It's like, oh, it took you six and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really dumb. I had to go through it a bunch. Yeah, I just wanted like, to be thorough. Know that yeah. If you didn't figure this out during the interview, that's on you. I really, really wanted to be thorough about my uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I just wasn't understanding the, uh, the, <laughs> the sexual harassment. I had to... It's like, dude, just give me a fucking waiver to sign. 
You know, I, I was at a company for 15 goddamn years. 15. Uh, no sexual harassment charges ever brought against me or lobbied my way or anything like that. You'd think after like 10 years of just not having anybody like claim you sexually harassed them or something, maybe you just get to sign like a waiver instead of doing the sexual harassment training. How about that? <laughs> just like, give me a fucking waiver to sign. Unbelievable. Oh, man, I'm so glad I'm out of that situation. Working in corporate America is really just goddamn awful. Working for yourself, a little more stressful, but man, totally fucking worth it. Worth it. Well, I guess right now, if you really wanted to experience some stress, you should be working for one of these like mid-tier regional banks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends on who you ask. If you ask, um, you know, Jim Cramer, <laughs> First Republic was a great bank and it could signal the end of the banking crisis. Now, if you realize that everything Jim Cramer says is wrong, we could be in for some trouble here. <laughs> I, I don't understand how anybody thinks that uh, the, one of the largest, was this the second largest bank to fail since, in, is it in U.S. history or just since 2008? I forget what the statistic was. In in U.S. history. So yeah. the the largest was in 2008. And then uh, the first bank that went on all of this was uh, SVB. That's the that was was the second largest. Uh, I think they had like two hundred billion in assets, and now uh, First Republic had two hundred and thirty three billion in assets. So it it is now taking the taking the reign as the second largest bank failure. Yeah, and boy, actually, JP Morgan JP Morgan swooped in quick on that one. Yeah, buy it up for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I, I sent you um there's a chart in there that shows you the uh the bank failures versus the number of assets in the failures. Uh it was a Twitter thread. Yeah, hang on, let me get that. Pull up that chart because that, that was kind of interesting. Uh because even though there's only been a few bank failures so far this year. If you look at, at at this chart on the right hand side, there, 20, that big scary blue line, that's a uh, I don't know 570, um, 570 billion. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just a few banks uh, have failed, but it's like the the number of assets that they had under management when they failed is exponentially it's, it's so much higher than anything else even 2008 was only about uh what two-thirds of that yeah 2008 came in around uh a little under 400 400 billion and these have already gone for over 550 yeah so uh it took 150 banks failing to be about 400 billion in the global financial crisis of 08 09 and so far this year, four failures have already uh, overtaken that in terms of the number of assets under man. So, so much for this uh, too big to fail thing. It's like these banks are getting much bigger and they're still failing. And of course, every time it's just all everything um, gets bought up by JP Morgan or like maybe one other bank. So um, this whole idea uh, that Barney Frank came up with. Dodd Frank, too big to fail. 
created the exact circumstances that they were trying to avoid. Look how that worked out. More government legislation doing the exact opposite of what they claim it was supposed to do. Pretty soon, we're going to have one bank. Well, two. It'll be the Federal Reserve and then J.P. Morgan as sort of the front man for them. It's just like, but the Federal Reserve is the only bank, but the, you know, they just keep J.P. Morgan out there and give them all the money to, uh, you know, it was a 10, I think they bought it for like $10.6 or something like that. I, I thought I saw somebody was talking about how they got a loan from the, the government to to purchase it, but I don't, I couldn't find anything to back that up. Yeah, ten point six billion is what they paid for it. I saw there was a lot of stuff in this this article um, about the <clears throat> the deals that the Fed put in with the purchase, where the basically they cover they'll cover any losses on the, yeah, the yeah. high risk loans yeah. and stuff. Scroll, the, uh, scroll down to like the second section. After, there's like an ad, I think, and then yeah, like right there. On the downside, restructuring will cost JP Morgan about $2 billion, and the bank said it will also have to repay $25 billion to other banks that tried to keep First Public afloat, Republic afloat. So after all that, the bank got the deal sweetener. FDIC agreed to shoulder the bulk of any losses from certain mortgages and commercial loans that would come from First Republic. And then you, you hear this guy, David George, a senior bank uh, analyst with Baird. I think it was extremely important to do that. Many of the loans J.P. Morgan would acquire do not offer attractive returns and instead will be well below market. So it's basically uh, J.P. Morgan gets all the good shit and then the taxpayers uh, acquire all the fucking bad shit. Once again, um, having the FDIC share the burden of losses makes the below market returns more palatable. <laughs> it's like, dude, if, you, if you're going to buy this bank, you have to you have to buy the whole fucking you know, the whole kit and caboodle. You don't just get to pick and choose. You know, it's like uh, I, I used to go on a lot of these uh, like camping trips or like uh, canoe trip. Like you, you'd be out in the wilderness for like a couple of weeks, right? When I was younger and we would make this stuff, gorp, you know, uh, good old, what was it called? Good old raisins and peanuts or something. I forget what it st stood for. But you basically just take a, a bunch of nuts and some M&Ms and, and raisins and things like that. And you throw it in a bag. And that's like the, the the snack that you have when you're walking around throughout the day. And there'd always be one fucking jerk off that wants to go in and pick all the good stuff out of the bag and just leave a bunch of the things that nobody wants. And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't do that, dude. You just got to take a fucking handful and you get what you get. You don't get to pick out all the M&Ms and leave uh, all the raisins for everybody else. No, no gorp picking. But yeah, if you're JP Morgan, that's what you get to do. You, you get to just take all the good shit and have, uh, I think it said they were going to get $500 million or something in recurring revenue from those assets. I don't know if that was in this. I, I read a bunch of articles on this. So I, I, I can't remember if that was in this or not. But um, And then, yeah, uh, unload all of the fucking bad shit to the FDIC. Awesome. What did you notice this? Uh, I closed out of it, but there was this line here at the end. There's a lot of talk on the street that commercial loans to finance office space may go into default in, into the, may go into default in the future because there are so many office vacancies. I wonder, I wonder where that problem came from. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that? Um, could it be a, a fake global pandemic? I, I mean, that's it, it really is unbelievable. And you saw the I don't know if you guys saw the quote from Jim Cramer earlier. He's like, I hope they don't close all the branches. We have enough problems with commercial real estate. It's like, 
Dude, yeah, commercial real estate is collapsing. Uh, and, you know, it probably should. I mean, that, again, that's an antiquated model. We're using all of this office space just to drag people into these offices for things that they could easily do from home. And uh, man, they're just they're so resistant to change that they're going to keep throwing good money and uh, resources at, at these fucking things that just you just got to let it fucking go. You have to let the fucking market uh, purge all this stuff. And 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 see what you know. See what uh, the the invisible hand of the market has come up with as a as a solution to these problems. Because dude, just holding on to these um, old ways of doing business just because that's the way we used to do it is going to be uh, a really big waste of uh, precious resources that we don't we don't have to waste. Um, Turn them things into a flea market on the weekends and a spirit of Halloween. For, for the month of October and you're set. We don't need to use them for anything else. Yeah, yeah that's right. Or, you know, I mean, th those would be some pretty sick uh, apartment buildings or something like that. You buy a nice condo, high rise condo. Yeah. Convert those, convert those buildings. I mean, they should have all of the plumbing and necessary structure <laughs> to, to have to, to be converted into. And that would, that would uh, serve a dual purpose. You, you've uh can kind of belay the collapse from the commercial real estate and also create housing and and you know if you're like super broke the government will just give you a really great rate i mean you probably don't want to move into that housing if you you know make good money and have made smart choices in your life but whatever yeah this this is particularly fucking infuriating for me even though I don't plan on buying another uh, property in the U.S. for quite some time, but this is just just the best example of how like how bad the government approach to trying to fix problems is. So you know, if you're in the Biden administration, the biggest problem is that like um poor people minorities disenfranchised they can't get a good mortgage rate because they have bad credit right oh and also like the banks are racist obviously so um the, there's institutional racism and so these people they have really bad credit scores and when you have a bad credit score the cost of borrowing more uh borrowing money to buy a a, a house or something like that is higher because you're a higher risk. So the bank wants to be compensated for that risk. Government, you know, stepping in to fix that problem. How are we going to fix that? Well, we're going to actually give you a lower. We're going to we're going to force them to give you a lower mortgage rate. For the, the lower your credit score, the better rate you get. And the people with good credit who have done everything right throughout their life, they've been responsible with their money, they've paid their bills on times, so they've built this credit score up so that they could get a better rate when they wanted to borrow money. Well, they're going to get a higher rate now in order to subsidize the, the lower rates for all of the deadbeats out there that are trying to buy houses that they can't afford. What could go wrong with that? Wasn't this a, a big contributing factor in the whole uh, collapse in 2008 was these high-risk loans that uh, like didn't have they were they were pushing a lot of these same programs with trying to give giving loans to people who shouldn't be getting loans and that's i mean that's we're just 
rinse and repeat. It's like nobody learned the lesson of 15 years ago. Yeah, you know, the lesson was um, greed ran amok. That's the extent of their um, knowledge on the subject. But yeah, they came up with all kinds of ways to uh, lower lower lending standards so that people who the banks didn't want to lend to, they, they considered them too risky, um, they would entice them to do it. So yeah, uh, you know, low, uh, subprime mortgages to borrowers with no money down, no income verification, no job verification, no nothing. Um, well, just don't worry because the, the federal government will step in with their agencies. They'll buy these loans off of the bank's books. And so the bank will make the loan, unload, it, unload all the risk off to, to somebody else. And yeah, the rest of us have to eat the, the shit sandwich when the whole thing blows up. And this is just like, why would you even, why would you even try to have a good credit score now if you're going to get punished for it? I mean, they've, they've completely flipped the, the script on this. So if I were trying, you know, if I were trying to build up my credit before, now I would be incentivized to miss payments so that you lower your credit score and you get a better rate. Well, I mean, look at this. Look at this second paragraph in this article. As part of the Biden administration's plan to make housing affordable for everyone, we've seen this story before. <laughs> Upfront fees for loans backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will be adjusted based on the borrower's credit score. Borrowers with high credit scores will pay more in fees. All those with low credit scores will pay less. I mean, it's it's the same culprits as 2008. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the... Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. These these agencies need to be abolished. <laughs> I mean, they they they're doing a tremendous amount of damage to this market, and th these people are not going to be better off just because they get a, a a slightly lower rate on their mortgage. They're going to they're going to be more defaults. I mean, the reason why they would have to pay a higher rate to begin with was because they they have a higher chance of defaulting. So uh, again, with um, all of these banks already having a lot of bad mortgages on their books and things like that, now we're going to put a bunch of more loans of of high risk borrowers on their books. So hopefully, we can we can fuck up a few more bank balance sheets. We can put, uh, you know, some more people who can't afford to be in these houses in these houses as if that's going to cure their financial woes. I mean, this idea that buying a house is just like your ticket to like being in the top 10 percent is is so ridiculous. Uh, you've owned a couple houses. I've owned like a that. I'm trying to sell all of them. Yeah, they're fucking money pits. They are money pits. You have to be able you have to have money in order to buy a house because it's not just the purchasing of the house that's that costs a lot it's all the upkeep things are going to break you know you need a new furnace you need a new roof you need a new water heater maybe your basement floods because they leave the they unplug the sub pump or something like that i mean you never know when you're thousands of dollars you know a, a problem a $1000 problem away $10000 problem away somewhere in between there's just no reason to put these people in that sort of financial position just because you think housing prices are always going to go up or something. Uh, this is just a really, really bad idea, very misguided. Not only is it encouraging the wrong kind of behavior, like the exact kind of behavior that we don't want in society, it's punishing the good kind of behavior that you want. So I, I don't understand why anybody would try to build up good credit now. If you're just going to get punished for it. 
it's an op. It's all everything's an op. I keep saying that, and I feel like a broken record. They want they want you to deliberately tank your sustain your your personal sustainability and your ability to detach from the market because if you if you have plenty of money you have a good credit score you have all that stuff and they're creating these uh negative incentives to go after and target people who are on that side of it then people are going to start not doing that like people play to whatever their incentives are and so that incentivizes you to make poor choices to do the the wrong thing to not build up personal equity and then you're easy pickings whenever this whole thing does like completely blow up because you know talking about the mortgages and stuff how many of these mid mid tier to smaller banks had mortgages on the books going into 2020 that were actually paying off and because the federal government put the moratorium on foreclosures and stuff like that people just and and people were out of put out of work as well they would just stop paying their mortgages and like for a lot of those i mean we're you know two and a half, three years later, a lot of those uh, haven't gone to foreclosure yet. Like they're still playing catch up on a lot of that stuff. Like a lot, there are a lot of these banks that are literally two years without getting a single payment on numerous properties and, and can't do anything about it. Can't, can't foreclose, can't, or, you know, having to go through all of the legal loopholes that the government put in place in order to finally get to a foreclosure point, stuff like that. Like it, it's insane. It, it's enough to it's enough to bankrupt a lot of these like you know small and mid tier banks because they they have no recourse. And even if they did get to go to foreclosure, because because of the condition of the market right now, people really aren't buying that much. So now you're or the ones who are buying are these extremely high risk loans that the government is pushing you to make. So like you're fucked all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to come up with uh, a policy to fuck things up as much as possible, this is a great, this is a great one. And it's all rooted in this idea, this really progressive idea that these credit scores are just like unfair or, or something like that, where it's just like, no, no. Credit score is literally just how you've been doing with paying your bills on time. The credit that's, score is very racist. It's it's almost as racist as being required to show ID. Oh yeah, yeah, no. But it's just like, dude, all you had to do was not, you know, um, was pay your bills on time. Uh, you know, get a credit card. You don't even have to use it much. You know, just pay. You know, put twenty five bucks on your credit card every month and pay it off for a couple of years. You'll probably have a pretty good credit score. It, it has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has to do with how responsible you are with the money that you do have and, and how and just how organized you are in life and how um responsible you are paying your bills and things like that there, you know it's just it really is that simple it's not like you're uh you're white and so you get a good credit like you start off with a better credit score or something like that and you start off with no credit and then you build it over time whatever uh yeah good luck biden administration and it's a process too like People don't understand that building credit is there. There are things that you do to, to do that. And, and like you said, like get a credit card, put a tank of gas on it every month and then pay it off. After, like go home and get online to the, your card account and pay it off as soon as you as soon as you put it on there. And that will give you a huge tick up in your credit every yeah. month. Like, all you got to do is just 
be responsible. Yeah, it's not like you have to spend a lot of money every month and pay it. Like I, I'm almost positive that that has no bearing on on uh, the the majority of your credit score. It's just like, yeah, I don't have any delinquent bills. <laughs> Nobody's sent me to like a fucking debt collector. And I pay my credit card on time. And I don't have too many credit. You know, you don't want to have six credit cards because that will that will ding you. But yeah, unbelievable. Well, you know, I'm here. I'm from the government. And I'm here to help you. Well, I'm sure this will work out very well for the people. And it, the other thing is it's going to incentivize them to have like much smaller down payments as well. <laughs> because usually you put down a big down payment to sort of buy down the rate. So you get a you get a lower rate because you put more money down. Well, uh, now the exact opposite is in effect. I'm going to put a much lower payment, have lower uh, less skin in the game, because it, that that will help me get a lower rate, and then it'll well, make I mean, it easier to walk away from the property when it goes under. It's creating a an, an incentive structure to make poor choices, and but also it's going to create a an environment where small and mid-tier banks are much more susceptible to the market pressures that are currently being put on it. I, you know, the big banks, the JP Morgans and stuff like that, uh, they're, they're not as plus they have, uh, you know, all of the outright financial backing of the fed, whereas the small and mid-tier banks, they don't have that. So now they're being put like high risk, low reward, uh, but it's the only way for them to stay in business is to keep doing this type of stuff. So you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Like they can't just they can't just sit and not do anything. Then then they're you know slowly bleeding money anyway. And it's... yeah, yeah. This this could be the the final nail in the coffin for this uh, horrible experiment that the the government is doing with our financial sector. Um, which again, it's just. We've been talking about this for years that the the Fed has painted themselves into this corner where now, you know, raising rates destroys the financial sector, which is why all these banks have been failing, but not raising rates destroys the dollar. There's no good way out of this. Um, things are going to have to fail. Well, now, Johnny, there is there is a solution. We just got to raise the debt ceiling. Oh, so that's right. Yes. The problem isn't the debt. It's that we have this pesky ceiling that um, has never once stopped debt from accumulating. Can just fuck for once. Can one reporter just ask any politician why we have the debt ceiling? Just ask them why. Why do we have it? Why? Why is it there? What's the point of this? Because the, the Republicans are like posturing now. They want cuts to government spending, which. Really, they just want um, cuts to the increase, the planned increase in government spending in certain sectors. The Democrats, of course, don't want any cuts to anything, no strings attached, just a clean raising of the debt ceiling. But why do we have the ceiling? Nobody, I, to my knowledge, no reporter has ever asked a pussy politician this question. Have you ever seen that? Why do we have the ceiling? <laughs> I don't know if most reporters are smart enough to think about think of that question, but no, I don't think I've ever heard it. What is the point of it? We we raise it every single time. They're going to raise it this time. It's just a matter well, of what kind of concessions you can get from the other side, I guess. Well, like you've talked about it before, they've they've also just gone for periods of time where they suspend it and then yeah, just 
<laughs> yeah, we know. And then they just do whatever they want without regard for a debt ceiling because the debt ceiling has been suspended. So we're not even worried about that right now. Like it's yeah. only it's it's just a political tool to to circle jerk each other off and and try to get you know like you said get get handouts and favors from each other for yeah we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that it's all a bunch of posturing yeah. and then they and then they complain like republicans are using this as leverage to get what they want <laughs> just like well yeah isn't that the point of the if that's not the point of the debt ceiling then why do we have it because you've raised it every single time we've bumped up against it they've never been like nope we're not raising it that's never happened uh, this this goes back to like um, World War One is when they created the debt ceiling, I think, because uh, originally the Federal Reserve was not allowed to buy government bonds. They weren't allowed to loan money to the federal government because that would clearly just be monetizing the debt. And you could see how that would be a problem if, uh, you know, these two, uh, quote unquote, separate entities, uh, one can just create money out of thin air and loan it to the government. And the government appoints the the head of the Federal Reserve and they have to be approved by it. So it's just you could see how it would run out of control. So they changed the the original statute of the Federal Reserve to allow them to buy government debt. But. They put a debt ceiling in place. And it was like 11 billion, I think, was the ceiling with a B. And they're like, okay, well, because World War I emergency, like we have to fund this war, we'll allow you to loan money to the, the federal government. But we're going to put this ceiling in place so that this doesn't get out of control. And uh, over the next 100 years, we've gone from 11 billion to over 32 trillion. And it's not enough. It'll I mean, never be enough. No, I mean they're talking about. I think they were talking about raising it like one and a half trillion or something, one point two trillion, one point four. I forget what the exact number is. That's like I don't even know how long that would last this day and age, like six months or something. I mean, we're running trillion dollar deficits every year. But then it's it's always funny whenever they get all up in arms about like Elon Musk forty four billion and and all of this stuff. It's like, do you know how much money the U.S. government spends in a fucking week? Like. Yeah, or just the interest on the the national debt now is like six hundred billion or something. Yeah, That's let's see. Uh, our handy dandy debt clock. Yeah, pull that up for us. This is always this is always fun. God. Yeah. So U.S. national debt is currently at thirty one point seven trillion. Yeah, uh, I know. There's total interest paid. 3.7 trillion. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's fucking crazy. Debt per taxpayer is my favorite. How much uh how many of you have an extra 250 grand laying around to cover your portion of the national debt? Well, like this, what's the point of even withholding tax dollars from us? Income tax revenue, 2.6 billion. Federal U.S. federal tax revenue four point six billion against a national debt of thirty one point seven trillion. You, well, right, you, and they're talking. This is, like, yeah. this is like shooting BBs at a fucking howitzer. The uh, Janet Yellen came out, who famously said maybe just uh, a year or two ago that she didn't think there would be another financial crisis in our lifetime. <laughs> um, I don't know if these bank failures count as that, but. She's like, yeah, the, the Treasury is going to be out of money on June 1st or something unless you raise the debt ceiling to pay our bills. Um, but yeah, the so, I mean, look, they're taking in $4.6 That's 
that should be plenty to cover. Um, <laughs> like there's no reason to default the interest on the debt. I think, uh, you know, it's like, like I said, interest on the national debt, 563 billion. So there's more than enough tax revenue coming in to finance this debt at the moment. It's all the other shit the government's doing that they won't cut. And uh, yeah, the, the withholding thing, that, that I don't know if everybody knows this, that goes back to World War II um, because they needed to finance that war. And But you know, before World War II, the way we paid taxes was you just stroked a check to the federal government on April 15th the following year for the you know for the previous year but if you're trying to fund a war right now they can't wait a year to get that money so they just started the withholding thing i think they call it like a victory tax or something like that i forget the name of it and of course uh the war ended and the tax didn't go away and so yeah they just keep withholding it from us so that uh they get the money right away i mean imagine imagine if um all of these <laughs> These people trying to buy to buy a house with with bad credit had to stroke a check for like five grand at the end of every year to the federal government. Unbelievable! Can you yeah pull up those uh those two clips of that guy talking? This is I, I forget this guy's name, but they were talking about the debt ceiling. Yes, I mean, yes? I mean, look, I I don't think it would be so irresponsible. It would be a, a self goal. I mean, who doesn't pay their bills? We pay our bills as Americans. It's patriotic to pay our bills. And I am confident that the president of the United States isn't going to let the country default. They, the Republicans are trying their best to make this an issue. I don't understand why they're acting the way they are. Just pay the bills and then we can discuss how to reduce the, the deficit. Are there spending? Well, you know, that's not what Republicans say they're willing to do. So are you willing to agree to some spending cuts? McCarthy's proposal is rolling back a number of things to 2022 levels. Call it what you want, but it's a cut in what spending was going to be. Are you willing to agree to any of that to, to prevent a default? I'm not willing to have a conversation under a hostage situation. When I was in Congress and Donald Trump was president, I didn't disagree. I disagreed with a lot of his policy, but I voted to raise the debt ceiling. I voted to pay our bills. If Kevin McCarthy votes to pay our bills, then we could discuss you, how to have deficit it, reduction. And in that, we could discuss spending cuts, the biggest part being the defense budget. Oh, why aren't we talking about any cuts there? Even Bernie Sanders told uh, Dana Bash in their interview this weekend, I'm willing to look at other things. There's a lot of wasting government. You're telling me there is literally not a thing you would agree to in this Republican proposal to prevent a default for the American people. Well, not a thing. Well, they're not connected. Of course, there's a thing. Well, in, Republicans in, are connecting them. Well, they're doing it irresponsibly. It's never been done before. I mean, in Donald Trump, the Democrats voted again, again, that's ceiling. It's like if you have a credit card debt and as a family, uh, would you say, look, let's just not pay the debt? Or would you say, let's pay the debt? And then we can discuss what budget cuts we should make. So it's important to realize what they're doing. And they're doing it because they don't, they, they want the president, the, the economy to not do well. I mean, people on record saying that. Do you think that's fair? They yeah. want the economy to not do well? Well, well I don't understand why else they, they're holding it hostage. Okay. I'm going to take that as a no, that you're no, zero agreement to any spending cuts, even if we default. I'm open to spending cuts conversation after we pay our bill. Okay, this is, first of all, I've never heard anybody flip the credit card debt ceiling argument on its head like that. You know, normally it's people that are like, we can't raise the debt ceiling 
this is so irresponsible. Imagine giving your kid, your kid a credit card with a $10,000 limit. He runs it up to that limit. And you're saying, and he's saying, well, I need to, I need $20,000 limit now. And he's saying the exact op, like he's saying the exact opposite, like raising your credit limit, another fucking 10,000 is the equivalent to paying your bills. They're not paying any of the bills. Like, no, no. Paying your bills is not raising the debt ceiling and paying the bills. Like, that's the whole point of all of this. It's when you increase the debt ceiling, you're 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 basically saying I need to borrow more money in order to pay for the stuff that I've already borrowed. So you're taking on more debt. You're you're basically taking out a, a, a you know, a MasterCard to pay off your visa. But you still have the same, you have more debt than you had before. And it's just, it, it's so ridiculous that they do this thing. He's like, well, this they're holding us hostage. I, I'm not willing to have this discussion about paying our bills under, you know, at gunpoint. Okay. After we raise the debt ceiling and we pay our bills, then we can discuss how to, how to make cuts to government spending. Except that after they raise the debt ceiling, they're not going to talk about anything until we get to the debt ceiling again, the new debt ceiling. And then once we get there, like, oh, no, we can't have this discussion now. We're, we're going to default. We have to pay our bills. So raise it and then we'll discuss it. And they've just been doing that from 11 billion to 32 trillion. Every single time well, they get up against it, they can't do it. We can't talk about it now. This is a crisis. We have to pay our bills. So raise it. We'll borrow some more money. And if we once we get to the, you know, in the meantime, we can talk about it, but we're not really going to talk about it. Well, I'm like the best indicator of how this is like a complete sham and obviously like a bad decision is the the Democrats never fight to not raise the debt ceiling when it's a Republican in office. Like they're always they're always on board with, yeah, just keep raising it. Just keep raising it. Like, <laughs> the, yeah. the only, they don't the care only... where the money's getting spent. They don't care what the policies are. They just want to keep spending it. Just keep it. Keep running that bill up. Yeah. And the only the only um, yeah resistance to this is like Republicans who play hardball until the last second and then stroke a fucking deal every single time. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous that we just go through this charade every single time. And nobody has, to my knowledge, if, if somebody out there has a clip of one, just one reporter asking one person in office why we have a debt ceiling. I want to know what they think the answer is. I would love to hear what Joe Biden says the 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 purpose of the debt ceiling is. Like what is the purpose of it? Why do we have it? Because if if it's not to stop us from borrowing more money, what what is the point? <laughs> uh there's another clip though, I think, right, from him. Uh I didn't see anything else unless yes, I missed no, it. No, I sent you there should be like a a follow-up to that. Oh, there it is. Uh, give me just a second. And I think that's the same one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. You sent me the same clip twice. Well, scroll down. Is there a, like a second thing in the thread? Mm -mm. No? Son of a bitch. All right. Who is this guy? I've never I heard of him. I don't know. I've never heard of him before. Before, but... uh, CNN is really scraping the bottom of the barrel to find somebody to come on and talk about how necessary it is to uh, raise the debt ceiling. To pay our to pay our bill. Oh, who doesn't pay our bill? Like um a bunch of Americans. How about that? it's patriotic to pay our bills? Like, dude, um, have you looked you pull up that? Do you still have the national debt clock up? Look at the debt per, you know, credit card debt. 
student loan debt. Oh yeah, that was insane. Nobody, nobody's paying those bills. They're all over a trillion. Uh, there's been a moratorium on student loan debt for the last three years. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. total U.S. total debt, unfunded debt, and interest is ninety six trillion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I know there's so credit card debt one point two trillion, student loan debt one point seven eight trillion with a T. Who doesn't pay their bill? Well, uh, everybody, nobody's paying their bills. We're in debt up to our eyeballs. It's crazy, man. <laughs> patriotic to pay your bills. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know how, know how patriotic it is to pay like the defense bill that he was talking about, the defense spending. Yeah, there's plenty that can be cut there. I don't see how patriotic it is to to pay for us to bomb fucking democracy into the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, the, the the Democrats always get all up on their high horse about the cutting the defense budget. By all means, do it. I'm totally in favor of it. Why? Why doesn't anybody ever bring up like the gender studies in Pakistan that literally gets uh, like a couple hundred million every year? Like all of these other all of this like foreign aid stuff that's not going towards anything uh, of particular value. Uh, like they don't bring up any of the, they don't bring up any of the stuff that's like legitimately has no use. Granted, probably seventy percent of the defense budget doesn't have any use either. But like, there's a lot of like just straight up pork that could be cut. Um, yeah, Bernie Sanders said there's a lot of waste in government. I, I'm just surprised that you know, uh, particularly this year, the year, the current year, 2023, that we still haven't gotten rid of any of this government waste. I mean, every politician is talking about, you know, waste, fraud, and abuse. They're going to get rid of it. How's that going so far? How, how did the waste, fraud, and abuse go with the uh, with the COVID relief? Oh, did we talk about the uh, the Biden nominee for the Department of Labor to be the head of the Department of Labor that lost $31 billion in COVID relief money in uh, California? I no, just, I don't think so. Oh yeah, they so the the new Secretary of Labor uh nominee from Biden from the Biden administration. She was in charge of I'm trying to remember what the department was. It was in California during COVID and they lost 31 billion dollars due to fraudulent payment or like paying out to fraudulent claims on like COVID relief stuff. Thirty-one billion. Do we know what out of how much that was? How much did they dole out? Uh, I'm not. I didn't see a, a total number. It was just the that was the big like uh, the big sticking point from the people who were grilling her in her uh, like confirmation hearings and stuff was like thirty-one billion dollars. Yeah. Whoops. Fraudulent payments made. Oh well, it's only money. We can always print up more. <laughs> It's just Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And then a couple of weeks ago, there was um, where did I hear that? It was, I think John Stewart was interviewing the um the lady in charge of the fucking Pentagon, and like they like they were audited. They fit. They kept failing audits, and they you know they couldn't account for like ninety percent of the fucking funds that they had. Oh, okay. No, no punishment, no nothing. 
Um, but yeah, if you have a, a Venmo uh, transaction for over 600 bucks, look out. They can lose billions of dollars, uh, trillions of dollars if you have the fucking Pentagon can go missing. And uh, not, you know, you just keep getting promoted. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man, how irresponsible they are with other people's money. Well, and, you know, there are solutions and they're the similar solutions that a lot of people have been suggesting for a number of years. But um, there's a we've got a link to a whole bunch of different charts and stuff. They're showing how these like regional banks and the markets are responding to um First Republic and a lot of the other like stuff that's happening, a uh, combination of the debt ceiling, First Republic, and just the the economy and, and the markets in general. But um, as a whole bunch of other stuff is just like on a complete nosedive, gold has taken a spike and gone back up above 2000. And Bitcoin is also in the middle of a, another surge and, and making a make another rise um so it's uh people are people are starting to get a little bit concerned about the u.s dollar and the banking system and starting to put money in gold and bitcoin Uh, have you seen have you seen anything about the the BRICS stuff uh brazil russia india and china and the currency that they're uh like effectively it's like a it would be a global to replace the u.s dollar and now a bunch of the uh like the big oil companies in the middle east are starting to get on board with them uh i mean it's it, things are about to get really really interesting yeah yeah that and that it seems to be um directly related to this ukraine thing and the sanctions that uh joe biden was bragging about that we're going to destroy the ruble and uh yeah it, it looks like that policy is really backfiring and he's pushed our enemies into each other's arms uh you know when i say our enemies i mean the the us government of course but um yeah maybe accelerated the downfall of the dollar and it eliminating it as the world reserve currency because now there are a bunch of countries getting together and using uh, uh, alternative currencies to to transact in and basic- well, I like the really crazy thing about BRICS is it's it's Brazil, Russia, India, and China. India is on pace to have a larger population than China within the next four years, I think. It might actually be sooner than that. Uh, plus rapid economic development in that country. Uh, Brazil has also been growing and expanding. Uh, like it was it was just. 10, 15 years ago that like having a major export market for grains and stuff was still just a kind of a wishful infrastructure dream. And now they have like legitimately functioning ports and provide a huge amount of grain to China. And and that's another thing that uh, it puts by having them as an ally in a global market with Russia, China, and India, uh, um, exports of grain and stuff. Russia exports a lot of wheat. Brazil exports a lot of corn and beans, and a lot of that goes to India and China. That like they're it's cutting into some of our big trading partners as well. Like we're we're 
we might should take an isolationist approach to the global to the global market because at the rate we're going, we're going to push ourselves into it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just when you lit when you look around at the current administration, it doesn't seem like they they have a plan for any of this. Uh, they're they're all just focused on the first you know lesbian this the first black that and it's just like wow dude you guys like could you at least give us a hint that you're working on this behind the scenes or something or like you have some semblance of what is going on because it really doesn't look like they they even realize what's happening uh, biden took tucker carlson down he got his win that's uh, that's all that matters right yeah, all all is well in the in the world now. Uh, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox, and we have the you know the first um, black lesbian transgender blah 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 fill in the blank position. And uh, some going on outside. Sorry, I keep getting I keep hearing screams. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing. Uh, but yeah, I mean there are some major shifts happening globally and. It just does not seem like like the U.S. is completely asleep at the wheel, <laughs> you know. Um, so I don't want to give financial advice on the show because I'll have the that's the one thing that the government is not asleep at the wheel. <laughs> like they will come at me for that, but realize that these shifts are coming and uh, try to protect yourself from it. I guess. Good luck. I mean, I'm I'm. Uh, just the inflation in the U.S. alone is hard to is hard to protect yourself against. Try finding a yield over like four or five percent on anything. Not easy to do. Buy chickens, buy goats, buy pigs, get <laughs> yeah. off the grid. That's the that's been my solution that I've been pushing for a while. Yeah, and don't put all your eggs in one basket. All right. right. Is that uh did we get to everything today? It's been about an hour. I think right? we, I think we did. I think we did. Uh you want you want to give a teaser on the uh the Friday live topics to entice people to come back. They, if I can remember what they were. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the death of Vice and BuzzFeed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vice uh and BuzzFeed going under filing for bankruptcy. Um, do should we talk about the the Steven Crowder stuff on on Friday too? I think it mix I think it mixes well with with the general topic. So yeah, that would that would probably be a good one too. And then there was something else like kind of hilarious happening that I wanted to make fun of. What was it? Mm -mm -mm. I don't tune know. Tune in I, Friday to find out. Yeah, tune in Friday. By then I'll remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to find uh, some of the most retarded things going around and cover them on the live show for a good laugh on Friday, lighten things up going into the weekend. So uh, we'll do that. Are we doing another happy hour Friday uh, back on our regular schedule? Yeah, I can. I can manage that. I don't even have an NFL draft to participate in this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's double booking his fucking Fridays sitting there talking to somebody else right in front of us. Very, very offensive. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, one of these days I'll put the, did you, dude, can you just put the poll into the fucking Facebook group for me? I'm never going to remember to do that. 
I had a I, I was on a 48 hour suspension from being able to post in groups, but I think that ended. So yeah, I, I should be able to get the meme stream up this evening and get the uh I can get the poll up and we'll <laughs> see which day is best for for happy hours. All right. I think that's all we got. I'll get some Substack stuff out this week. I, I'm a little behind on that, but yeah, I'll get to that uh probably tomorrow. And uh that's what I got. Do all that for us. We will be back live on friday with a brand new episode for you laughing at all the things that are crazy going on in this uh, clown world we're living in and until then you know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace